Hey everybody, this is Ray Telsch, and this is Have Not Seen This Beyond the Screens. Hope everyone's having a good week out there. You might notice this is a little off from our usual schedule. Uh, we've been back for a few weeks and tried to return to kind of the old ways where Beyond the Screens came out early in the week and then a full episode later in the week. Uh, unfortunately, if you didn't see it on social media, uh, a couple weeks ago, I had a little health issue that put me in the ER and I'm dealing with some doctors and stuff. Nothing serious and yet kind of serious, but um, it kind of messed up my recording schedule. And now I'm trying to catch up from that. And in fact, I simply couldn't record episodes there for a little while just because I was afraid um, having a lengthy conversation just uh, had some complications with it. So this is actually, I'm recording this beyond the screens as kind of a, a test run of how can I do when I'm recording for a little while. Uh, it, it put both of the podcasts that I work on a little behind from where we wanted to be. As well, I uh, have three or four guests lined up that I'm trying to get set up to record with, and we just can't seem to coordinate schedules or things turn up like, you know, emergency room visits and such. So I decided for a little while, and we'll, we'll play with this and see how it works. I'm going to kind of try and move to an every other week schedule with new episodes, uh, and I'll just fill in the gap with the beyond the screen. So instead of putting two episodes out a week, I'll go back to only putting one episode out a week, and I'll alternate between beyond the screens and a regular film discussion, and we'll see if that doesn't help things out a little bit. Of course, I, I have a busy week uh, ahead of me, so I may not be able to get a regular episode lined up for next week, so you may get two Beyond the Screens back-to-back, uh, and that's okay, because I have plenty to talk about with Beyond the Screens, because the Oscar nominations came out. Now, if you have listened to this podcast for a while, you know that I'm a huge fan of the Oscars. In fact, the last two years, we've done a massive pre-Oscar predictions panel episode uh, that I'm hoping we'll get to do again this year. We've certainly put all the pieces into place in order to do that, but we'll see if it comes to fruition because again, scheduling and such. But um, I always get excited about Oscar nominations. I get thrilled when they come out. They give me a new uh, bank of movies to watch. And typically from the time that the Oscar nominees are announced to the time the Oscars actually happen, I go into what I call catch-up mode, where I am trying to see as many of the nominated films as I can. Uh, and that's this year is certainly no different from that. If anything, not being able to record episodes has given me a little bit more time to sit and watch some Oscar movies, because there were quite a few nominated, as there always are, that I had simply not seen. And that's because a lot of the Oscar-nominated films get what they call qualifying runs. And that means they open basically in a theater in New York and in L.A., so that they technically have been released within the calendar year to be considered for Oscars. And then what they really do is count on the Oscar buzz to kind of promote the film and get people to watch it. And it works because that's when I try to get to watch it. This year, things played a little differently, though. We got a lot of much more popular films nominated, and I'm not quite sure how I feel about that. I'm still kind of processing my feelings on that because I love that Oscar nominations make me see a film that I might otherwise not have seen, like Parasite a few years ago. It's a movie that probably, maybe eventually I would have seen, but most likely would have just passed me by. And the Oscars gave me the excuse to watch that film. This year, we have films that I had not seen that are getting Oscar buzz, like 
Top Gun Maverick and Avatar The Way of Water. And these are films that weren't like hidden. They didn't just have a qualifying run. They were out in the theaters and I consciously made a choice not to see these movies. They just didn't interest me. And now in order to complete my Oscar catch up, I have to watch them. And I I don't feel happy about that. I feel happy about saying, hey, I need to see All Quiet on the Western Front, or I need to see The Banshees of Inishirin because they were Oscar-nominated. I'm not quite as happy to say, hey, I need to go watch Top Gun Maverick because it's Oscar-nominated. And that that's put this year's Oscars in kind of a weird place for me. So what I think I'll do over the next couple of Beyond the Screens leading up to the Oscars is talk about a couple of the movies that I previously had not seen that I am now being exposed to because of their Oscar nominations. And I'll start this week with kind of the big one for me, which is Everything, Everywhere, All at Once. Now, I saw this film in theaters when it released in April of last year, and I instantly fell in love with this movie. It is, to me, everything a film can and should be. It made me laugh, it made me cry, sometimes at the same time, Uh, it made me think, and you have to admit, for a podcast that signs off every week with Be Kind to Each Other, its message of the importance of kindness definitely had to resonate with me. Now, I saw it last year, as I said, um, and it came out in April, which is typically not a time that movies that are nominated for Oscars come out, so I hoped that it would get a little bit of Oscar attention when the nominations finally came out. I had no idea it would lead the nominations. 11 nominations, including Best Picture, Best Director, uh, Best Actor nominations for all of the key players. It got Best Actress, supporting act, two different supporting actresses, and uh, supporting actor. Costume, film design, music, both score and song, and Best uh, Original Screenplay. So I rewatched this movie after it was nominated for the Oscars, and I approached it with... A little bit of hesitation because I remembered seeing this in the theater and I held a a lot of value to this film and I was afraid that revisiting it might reveal that, hey, it's not the special film that you thought it was. And I got to say, I was wrong. It is absolutely still the movie that I thought it was and that I love watching. I I got to introduce a friend to it and they enjoyed it. I laughed. I cried. uh, I thought... And I still think this is an absolutely fabulous picture. It is, you when you hear our Oscar predictions, it, it will lead the pack for me because it is everything that a film should be. I love it uh, at a level that I can't even bring to words. It is so good. And I got to admit, it actually kind of damaged the MCU last year uh, for me because the rest of the big Marvel movies that came out last year dealt with the concept of multiverse and everything everywhere all at once did it better. It came out first and it did it better. And Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness and Spider-Man No Way Home just couldn't compete with the way that everything everywhere all at once depicted the multiverse. And I just I love it. I still love it. I still hope that it does exceptionally well. I hope that it is not a film that gets the most nominations and then gets shut out. And I don't think it will. I think it's going to be the big winner of the evening, and I think it's well-deserved. Now, for films that I had not seen that the Oscar nominations sort of drew me to, The Banshees of Inishirin was on my list of films to watch simply because it's a reunion of the people who did In Bruges, which I absolutely love, and the trailer made me really interested in it. And I gotta say, it is definitely a slower, more contemplative film, and that works both for it and against it. 
I love the plot. Uh, the, by the way, this was nominated also for Best Picture, Best Director, Best Actor, Best Supporting Actress, two Supporting Actor nominations for Brennan Gleeson and Barry Kehogan, uh, film editing, music score, and uh, original screenplay. So a lot of the same nominations that Everything Everywhere All at Once has. I really enjoyed this film. It also did cause a little bit of a struggle to keep up with it. I did watch it in the comfort of my own home, streaming it online as opposed to uh, going to a movie theater and seeing it. I think if I'd seen it in the movie theater, it would have had a better job of keeping my attention and keeping me invested in it. Watching it at home made that a little bit of a struggle, but I still really enjoyed it. It is a beautiful film. And the characters and the dynamics between these characters, particularly the ones played by Colin Farrell and Brendan Gleeson, are really well done. And I really enjoyed it. It's one of those films that I watched because it was nominated by the Oscars, but I probably will revisit. And I've recommended to some people and I really enjoyed. And it was one of those that I watched and I am glad that I did. On the flip side, the third and final movie that I will talk about this week is Tar. Also nominated for Best Picture, Best Director, Best Actress for Kate Blanchett, Cinematography, Film Editing, and Best Original Screenplay. <laughs> so you're seeing these are the films that are competing against each other. Um, every year when the Oscars come out, there is, and you, again, if you revisit our prediction panel from the last two years, you'll hear me talk about, there's always some films that I watched because they were Oscar nominees and they felt like they were put together to be Oscar nominees. They, they We called it Oscar bait. And Tar is representative of that in a lot of ways to me. There is a lot to like here. I think Kate Blanchett's performance is tremendously powerful. And if Michelle Yeoh wasn't up for Everything Everywhere all at once, she probably would be my leading contender for Best Actress. If she wins, I won't be disappointed. Her performance is phenomenal. But I don't feel like the movie takes the right steps with the overall story. Now, I get it's a character study. And a character study, in a lot of times, is a fancy way of saying it doesn't have a plot. And this has a plot. It just doesn't have a great plot. It doesn't allow the character to have a journey or to really evolve or change. I do not feel like the version of the character that we see at the end of the movie is very far removed from the version of the character we saw throughout the film. And while Kate Blanchett definitely gets her opportunities to shine, in particular there is a scene towards the beginning of the movie that is a good seven or eight minute single shot where she is monologuing. She is lecturing a class and it is all done in a single take, which I am a sucker for. And it's beautiful. It's well done. It's well assembled. And it has some importance to a moment that comes up later in the film. It just... The movie as a whole doesn't have that. It has moments that are really nice, but then as a whole, there are so many things that are unanswered questions, because not because I feel like they're leaving it to the audience to decide, but because they just didn't resolve them. There, there is a simplicity to the character that even though this is a character study and you want those nuances and you want that complexity, I feel like the character of Lydia Tarr is a very singular character in a lot of ways. She has a certain ambitions, she has certain drives, and it doesn't pull the story into an interesting direction. And I left Tar going, okay, well, I saw that because it was Oscar nominated. I probably will never watch it again. 
I probably won't recommend it to friends. And I know some people who love this film, who have seen it and enjoyed it, didn't watch it just because it was Oscar nominated. It's not for me. And that's, again, we've talked about this on the podcast numerous times, the subjective nature of film. There are people out there who do not like everything everywhere all at once. They feel like it is mawkish and coddling to audiences and, and emotionally manipulative. And I'm okay with that if that's how they see it. Because I felt a true connection with that movie. I, that resonated with me personally. And part of that is because of who I am and my personal experiences and, and what I bring to the film. And Tar doesn't resonate with me. It simply doesn't. It's not a bad movie. As I said, it has some beautiful moments. I really appreciate it. I really enjoy elements of it. But as a cohesive whole for a film that is almost three hours long, I felt like it was kind of a slog to watch. And I don't think it deserves all the nominations that it's gotten. So that's my take on three of this year's big Oscar nominees. All three of them are nominated for Best Picture, Best Directors, a lot of acting. You're going to hear these films talked about again and again. And a couple that I'll talk about next week, unless I get a full episode, uh, are going to be in that same category. Those are the ones we're going to focus on. Those are the ones we talk about at the panel. So tell me what you thought. If you've experienced these movies, what do you think about Everything Everywhere All at Once or The Banshees of Inishirin or Tar? Am I right? Am I wrong? Am I completely out of my mind? Let me know. You can find us at Have Not Seen This on Twitter, on Facebook, where I Have Not Seen This podcast, or you can email me at Have Not Seen This at gmail.com. You can also find me at Talon Hess on Twitter and Letterboxd, although I need to dust off my Letterboxd. I probably should put reviews up there for these and the other Oscar-nominated movies that I have watched. I have not done that in a while. Uh, we'll be back next week either with more Oscar movie talk or with uh, a regular episode. We'll see how the next week plays out. Don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss that or any other upcoming episodes. We will try to keep content coming out at least on a weekly basis and keep the momentum going forward. As always, the podcast is available through all major podcast sources. Positive ratings and reviews are always welcome as is just sharing the podcast with a friend and spreading the love. Uh, and I invite you to check out my other podcast, which is also a little delay because of my health issues, but is going to be coming out with a new episode soon. Never Say Die, where I sit down with my friend Drew Meyer and we discuss a film and the ideas that that movie can give us at our role-playing game table. Special thanks to Chris Talent for our wonderful theme song. And until next week, I'm Rafe Telsch, and this has been Have Not Seen This. Be kind to each other.